Lecture One, the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix. I'm Sid. I'm joined with Devon. We don't have Lily or Maris with us today. Lily was at Reading Fest, lucky for some. And oh. Maris is MIA at the minute. <laughs> I, I think she was like in London or something, but I cannot remember. So sorry, Maris. We, we miss you. <laughs> if you didn't already know, it was the Belgian Grand Prix at the weekend. And, you know... There wasn't much, was there? No, there's not really much to to recap. There was maximum four laps that you know were behind the safety car, anyway. So exactly, yeah, nothing. So we're not struggling for content, so to say, because we could have easily picked another topic to do. However, we thought we're gonna be big and brave and strong. And we're going to do a Belgian Grand Prix review. We're going to um, try and, I don't know if there'll be anybody else out there that, you know, will do it as good as we do, but, you know, <laughs> we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. Right. Let's get on to the pyramid. Yes, we're still doing the pyramid. <laughs> the pyramid. At the bottom of the pyramid, Mr. Toto Wolf. <laughs> We're going to see a recurring theme in this in this pyramid. Um, for any audio listeners, it's probably worth a watch this podcast um, yes. for the pyramid to make a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, this week we're not doing drivers, teams, people actually involved in the race itself because there was no race. Therefore, yeah. we've picked our favourite kind of meme slash reaction pictures um they're really good however this one it's good but as me and Devon were both saying when we were determining the pyramid it's ridiculously concerning like I am scared right now yeah I just I just it's never seen Toto pull that face before and you know I'm not really too sure what the what caused that um but I feel like I was thinking I I remember watching I watched the interview but what made him pull that face no and I feel like it's going to be something that's ingrained in our in our heads, that kind of This is face. going to keep me up at night. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> hence why it's, you know, at the bottom of the pyramid, you know, the worst of the, the bunch. Yeah, definitely. Next on the pyramid, we have Pierre's hair. Now, Oof. I'm hoping that he did just take his helmet and balaclava off. And this was a result. This isn't just how his hair is going day to day now yeah i'm hoping it's not just sticking like that um it's definitely a sight it's just it's all over the place and to be honest it it was because he just took his helmet off but then the Mm -hmm. worrying thing was he didn't do anything about it um and it just seemed to get worse and worse every time it cut to him in the garage there was just more hair sticking up at the back and you know there was elsewhere I saw a brilliant thread on Twitter of all the times Pierre Gasly's hair looked like a mess right from like when he was a teenager we had that kind of Justin Bieber-esque fringe sweep up until you know today with with this monstrosity but no I saw it and I was like Pierre we're gonna have to do something about the hair there because that is that is just yeah not 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 your best look See, I've never had hair that short, so I might be wrong in saying this, but isn't it a simple task as if you can just, like, kind of yeah, just brush it down? Brush like, it can down. you not just put yeah. your hand in there and yeah, kind of make it look a little bit better? Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking it's too simplistic and it's actually a really difficult task. I wouldn't yeah. know. But it's not your best look, Pierre. <laughs> That's for sure. 
Next is a really good one. A really, really, really good one. I love this one. <laughs> I put it in the wrong place. I was going to say, was that what we decided? I yes. put it in the wrong place! <laughs> Let's pretend. So this isn't actually meant to be here on the pyramid, but we're just going to have to talk this through anyway. Yeah. This is meant to be second on the second at the top. So let, let's just pretend it's second on the top. I did it wrong. Realistically, the top, the top four was all interchangeable. They're all exactly. brilliant, yeah. brilliant exactly. images. So that little, what do you call it? Track, yes. track parade. Oh yeah, the driver's the parade. Yeah, yeah. Driver's yeah. parade, that's the one. Yeah. Lost for words, clearly, by this beautiful picture. It, it was very interesting because it was windy, it was rainy. Did you see that rain was coming in diagonally? You know it's windy when that's happening. Yeah. And yeah. we saw some drivers having issues with their umbrellas, as can be seen in this photo. Esteban Ocon was also having some issues. His went properly inside out. Yeah, um, upwards. I think it's just their, it's Carlos's face <laughs> in this, which just makes the picture. Because he's like pretend I just let me still do the interview but like ah uh, help me all you at the can, same time you can tell he's trying so hard to listen to to yep. the questions he's being asked and whilst bracing himself from from the weather he just he looks like a 90 year old woman I think that's why it's so funny is because he looks like he's got a little hunchback and he's trying to mm. shield himself from from the rain and the wind whilst trying to answer you know questions and wave to the fans I can only imagine the chaos that would have you know and that's a long lap I'll be honest that is a long lap um yeah he's about to have a Mary Poppins moment yes that that (laughs) is imminent in this photo (laughs) he's flying off and not coming back so exactly exactly so the next one on the pyramid is quite possibly my favorite one it could be on the top realistically it probably should be it is Michael Italiano and Daniel Ricardo wrestling. I think that's what we're going with here. Daniel yeah. Ricardo is trying to choke Michael out. Michael is not tapping out because guess what? We don't tap out. We keep going because we're strong. Michael Italiano, obviously friend of the podcast. We had to include him in this. Yeah. But there's just something about this photo which gives me serotonin. I just love it. I think it's the fact that like we know Daniel's such a showman in in everything he does and you can just tell he was stood behind him waiting for the moment that the camera picks him up so we can you know pounce and I think you know those two are clearly the best of friends um Mm -hmm. but yeah just you can see their smiles underneath their masks like it's all in the eyes their eyes are just shining and smiling so brightly just oh I kind of wish we didn't have the masks just so we could see that properly, but we know it's there. We know it's there. Something, just another statement I wanted to make is, you know, Daniel's headphones he's wearing. Yeah. He really concerned me because maybe they're waterproof. Maybe it's just advanced technology. But when he went outside and was trying to get the fans through the Mexican wave, I was very cautious and I couldn't stop paying attention to the fact he had his headphones around his neck. I was like, Daniel, no those speakers are gonna get ruined yeah I mean to be honest he can just buy another pair Um, I don't think he'd be buying another pair I think they're gifted (laughs) yeah that's true but no those those had I love it because he's had like personalized headphones Mm -hmm. uh last year as well with um his helmet design so I love that he's you know keeping that tradition going because that's that's pretty cool definitely 
So the next on the pyramid is meant to be where Carlos is. So let's just <laughs> pretend. We'll sleep this over is, that. This is Charles Leclerc, his teammate, obviously. Um, and the thing we love about this photo, obviously it looks great. He's got this helmet on his head whilst he's still got his balaclava on. You know, he looks like he's got a giant, ginormous head. But it's the fact he looks so guilty, yet innocent all at the same time. Yeah. Just, just his face is a picture in this. I would yeah. love to know the context of in which this was taken in. What was he doing? Is he laughing? He's got the helmet on his head and he knows the camera's on him. Like, yeah. oh, Charles Leclerc. There's also a, a cameraman in the, in the corner of this photo. So I really hope and pray that somebody managed to get like a close-up of that from yes. inside the garage. Because I feel like that would be top-notch content for for the old insta for ferrari so i would yeah. make that my background photo <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly ferrari come on it's just this little it's little cheeky grin with a massive <gasps> helmet on his head i mean what more could you ask for so we d- i did a tiktok on sector one podcast a few weeks ago and it was the drivers as animals and i put Charles down as a chipmunk and oh. I don't think he's ever looked so much like a chipmunk like than he does chipmunk. in this photo. Yeah. He really screams chipmunk to me. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I couldn't pinpoint it to you. But, like, he's just got this cheeky demeanour about him. Yeah. And that really shines through in this photo. Big chipmunk energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Charles. Sorry. <laughs> right. At the top of the pyramid, we have one of the best moments from the race, so to say. Um yeah uh mr red bull man took a took a wee bit of a stumble and it was the fact that he didn't just trip once it was like i'm going backwards and then he (laughs) fell forwards as well i was just like oh poor guy and of course the camera has to be on him at this time like what are the chances they would have a camera in that exact spot in red bull and decide to put it live when this man's falling I think also it wasn't a stationary object he tripped over. I think it was something that either had like wheels or it was like, you know, sliding around on the floor. So it just made it so much worse. But no, you're right. Just to like capture that is just comedy gold. Um, And I think just sums up the chaos of, of the weekend quite nicely. So, yeah, I think that footage and I was saying you, you can use that for so many like meme scenarios if you if you so wanted um but yeah top-notch kind of insert name that's a good one yeah that's a good one Mm -hmm. um but yeah he's just he's he's committed rebel committed they do everything at 100% pace so did we expect anything less let's be honest the thing is he did carry on like nothing had happened as well like he got (laughs) what he needed and just carried on with his day like for me I would have just been so embarrassed and I think I would have just sat down and sobbed for a second like yeah I think he I think he did like notice the camera and just kept going and I don't know Mm. honestly you would want the ground to swallow you up at that point I mean definitely it's gone viral he's never yeah. he's never recovering from that so that is the sector one meme pyramid <laughs> for today so it's time for race rundown where we talk you through the race but guess what there's no race to give you a rundown of so um Devin will you just quickly explain in case people didn't watch the Grand Prix what happened yeah. in the Grand Prix <laughs> well um, the race was due to start at uh, 2 p.m. in UK time. I believe it was three o'clock in, in Belgium. 
um, and it was just chucking it down. Um, obviously, we had a, a pretty wet quali the day before. Um, but yeah, the start was delayed. It kept being delayed. Um, they did, I think, two formation laps um, mm -hmm. when it was supposed to start and then just called it a day and thought, no, we can't, we can't do that yet. So brought them all back into the pits. Um, Sergio Perez binned it not even on the formation laps it was the laps to the grid uh he just had a shocker um yeah came straight came straight <laughs> off the track just snapped my lamp out the way um but yeah we were stuck with a red flag for quite some time um and then oh god I couldn't even tell you what time it was that we actually they said they were going to restart the race it must have been delayed for about two hours at least yeah yeah it was a long yeah. old time they kept saying they were trying to find like a gap in the weather um but the weather forecast wasn't looking too promising it just uh, persisted really didn't it it got yeah. worse rather than it was get, constant. Got better. yeah um and there was a lot of debate as to whether they could reach a classification and whether the race had actually started the stopwatch and then they just stopped the you know the the three hour window uh for the race they just seemed to pause that halfway through which i didn't know they could do uh the fia just kind of took matters into the into their own hands i guess um, stewards apparently overruled it or something didn't they they were like yeah okay <laughs> thanks just, for telling us yeah uh we had commentators asking whether we could do it the next day and i think the weather wasn't going to be great the next day anyways no. so probably wouldn't have wouldn't have happened but whether they would have been able to do that had it not been a triple header I don't know like logistically um, I don't think the logistics were that much of a problem though because the Netherlands is so close to Belgium like ridiculously true. close when I went to the Netherlands on a school trip we drove straight through Belgium and obviously it's not the smallest place in the world there's obviously different parts that you'll go through yeah. but logistically I don't think it would have been like the most challenging I think the more challenging aspect of it would have been the fact the marshals Monday would have been a working day for everyone in Belgium therefore are people actually going to be around to monitor and marshal the actual race itself if they did delay it yeah and then you've got the the issue of like oh we're trying to gather a you know workable team together at last minute is that like the safest option if like the marshals hadn't been trained or if they had exactly. you know stuff like that I think yeah it would have been it would have been really difficult but um we finally got racing in <laughs> I quote in inverted covers it's crazy after, that we can call it that yeah another what two laps under the safety car two obviously laps. nobody could um overtake under the safety car so yeah the race basically finished in quality results however because of Perez um, started from the pit lane, because they had so much time, um, they were able to, to fix his car and get him back out. But yeah, he finished dead last, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we had a, a four lap race, if you want to call it that. So the race technically counts as a one lap race, because when we have a red flag which brings the race to an end we count back a lap so it's all just very 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 confusing it's the shortest race in formula one history and it brings us to the, this question of what makes a race a race what qualifies something to be a race 
I watched an interview that Damon Hill just did on Sky Sports and he said that was not a race that was a parade it was a parade just to it, it was a money game realistically they needed to finish the finish the race and have it all classified for money reasons there was a driver's parade kind of gives the fans a little bit more what they're after obviously not exactly what they're after but I think a race is when you know there's a bit of fighting there's a bit of battling they're let loose they can kind of do what they want so to say in terms of how fast they can go how, how much they can overtake and all that stuff I feel like when it's so controlled like that that's not a race that's no, just drivers driving and especially like with it being under the safety car they're physically not allowed to overtake even if they wanted exactly. to like they'd be penalized for it and you know yeah no I don't it wasn't a race and I I, I do feel bad for you know people have waited maybe even two years if they had tickets for for spa last year obviously they didn't have any fans they've waited two years for a race and didn't get to see one um but obviously with the half points awarded there was there's a lot still a lot of debate ongoing um about it and I think it's one of those situations where it's so unique and so odd that like we don't really have the regulations to like draw a line under it and come to a reasonable conclusion like yeah teams would have kicked up well Red Bull would have kicked off if they said we're not giving out any points mm-hmm. um and I think Mercedes are now kicking off because they have awarded points based on that them, race so. exactly so it's a it's a kind of catch-22 double-ended sword if you want to call it depending on on which way it went but yeah I think the fact that like something like this is doesn't really happen um we're now going to have like a review of regulations for for things like this in the future so that it makes more sense and that it's a bit more fair I guess there should just be a protocol that we can go for in unforeseen circumstances things which happen once in a blue moon so to say there should be something that we follow because we almost had a similar situation in Suzuka 2019 when there was that typhoon there we didn't have quality we had to wait until the actual race day for quality but that was still all in the air whether we were going to have that race day but there was a protocol in place which meant because we couldn't have quality we did it on the Sunday so surely it's quite simple to just have something written to tell us what to do in circumstances like this because yeah we say it happens once in a blue moon and it's not that frequent like it doesn't happen much but it's not really that far-fetched when you think about it a race being yeah. called off because of rain that, yeah. that's not like because sports match matches always get called off because of rain it's just not as regular in formula one because they're basically big hoovers um it is very very interesting uh devon what do you make of the fact that they got more points than they would have received in a longer sprint qualifying so I think if George Russell hadn't have been in the podium places, I would have been a bit more like, oh, there's no point giving out points. But yeah. like part of me is like, oh, George is on the podium. So like, please don't take his please points away. It. Please don't take his podium away because that would break my heart. Um, but yeah, no, I saw, as you said, somebody made a point on Twitter about um, the points difference between this race and then, you know, the planned um three to one points for the top three finishers in in sprint quality which we had in in Silverstone um 
where it was you know a good 17 laps and that was a race you can definitely call that a race it was overtakes there was you know everything um versus you know the half points um that we got today comparatively it's really tricky to say I think if essentially the race was decided on quality so in theory if they applied like the sprint quality point system to today I think people would be happier with that well not today but the race you know what I mean yeah the race (laughs) um because you know you can say what you want about George Russell. There's been people that say that, you know, he doesn't deserve the podium. And he even said in an interview, look, if we were to have a race, I don't know whether it would have been a lot harder to maintain my position. But he still needs to get the recognition that the fact that he outqualified two Mercedes, two Ferraris, both Aston Martins, you know, one of the McLarens, we obviously don't know what would have happened if Lando Norris could have been on pole if he'd not had his his scary accident the thing is it wasn't undeserved like it it was undeserved in the sense of they didn't actually race for it so whether they deserve a race a race win a race podium kind of thing maybe they don't but he deserved that p2 position in qualifying and it's it's not his fault that the race was rained off so how can you be like oh george you didn't deserve that because you didn't do anything for it well, he did do something for it because he managed to put his car in P2 ahead of the world champion. That's like, insane. That's a big deal. In a car which was struggling to get into Q2, a car which was struggling to actually get anywhere near points. You know, this car was P20 and P19 weekend, week out. Week, weekend, week out? Did I? Weekend, week out. That, that's we race on a weekend, so weekend. I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> See, like this car was in the nicest way possible, horrific. And George Russell has managed to do something with it and not just do anything. He managed to get points in it. He's managed to get P2 in qualifying, which yeah. is based on raw pace. You know, I think it'd be easier, perhaps, but actually, no, because the car's better in qualifying. So, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's going to be easier for him to get it in the race because it's not just raw speed, but actually the Williams is better. George Russell is really living up to his name of Mr. Saturday. That's the last one that one up. Yes, I think he's he's definitely showed his capabilities and can under the pressure of having a a crazy wet weekend. Um, Yeah. If he's not in the Mercedes CLB, fuming. Yeah, same, won't we all? So next I wanted to talk about, obviously, the fans. There were lots of fans at the track, which is obviously lovely to see, but it was awful conditions, so these fans were all cold and wet the whole weekend. Do we think they deserve a refund? Personally, I think if they deserve if they if they get a refund it should not be from the track itself it should not be from the promoters because they've all still spent the money on it an event was still held it wasn't as if you know if you're having a wedding and the caterers didn't make it then you're not going to pay the caterers because they didn't do anything but the thing is everyone still held an event the track was still managed and made so it was ready for the race everything was set in place everything that the fans basically paid for they got rather than other than the race that's the only thing they missed out which was f1's responsibility also promoters are already struggling enough you know after coronavirus after all all the things happening in the world right now 
it's a difficult job to be in. Anything hospitality related is very difficult. They don't have the money to refund all of these fans, bearing in mind they spent the money on making the event more than likely and the profit they had, they need to pay their staff. So it's just a really difficult situation. And I think if anything is done, it should be F1 at least helping. And I think all the drivers coming out and saying, oh, I feel so bad for the fans. If you feel so bad, then why don't you personally do something? Because yeah. they could all chip in together and easily cover the costs. Lewis Hamilton could easily do it by himself and still be well off. So I think if they really do feel as bad as they claim they are, do something about it instead of just sitting down. I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but I think if they're going to talk about it and say that the fans deserve it, give it to them then. Yeah, it's one thing like just having to make fans sit through a sopping wet race. And like, I was lucky enough to be at Silverstone this year and it was, if anybody else went, it was like 30 odd degrees and like ridiculous. But I would much prefer that than having to sit in the pouring yeah. rain for three days straight. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be one thing if they, you know, sat through the rain to then see a race. But the fact that they didn't get to see a race, I know that I would be really disappointed. And I think it's difficult when you're not in that situation to, like, give that much of an opinion. But, you know, I just know that I would be as disappointed. Um, I think finance-wise, obviously, Formula One is one of the most kind of wealthy, money-centric sports in the world. There's definitely some money available for refunding tickets if that's what they decide uh, should be done. Um, whether they're like, okay, we're going to allocate a certain number of, or no, or give everybody the opportunity for like a free ticket next year, if that's something that might be better for them or like more cost effective for the promoters and the track and stuff like that, that might be an option and just take the hit next year. Um, I think a yeah. partial refund could be good because yeah. they still got the experience. They still got stuff out of it. They still got to see cars on track. Realistically, they did get to see that. They just didn't get the race. But the thing I was wondering about is obviously everyone that buys a ticket, you know, when there's a sold out event and you go to the event and there are still seats available at like a concert or something. Yeah. And you're like, I thought this was sold out. It's because not everyone shows up, obviously. Yeah. Not everyone is going to show up to an event. So how do they police that if they were to give everyone a refund? That's a good point, actually, because you've got, I mean. Because some people would have said, now nah, the weather's bad, I'm not going to go because they're not that into Formula One. They just wanted to go for like the experience kind of thing, the atmosphere yeah. of it. So how do they police that? Are they just going to give everyone a refund to make it fair? But yeah. surely then that's not fair because some people are getting refunded for something they didn't even show up for. Yeah, you're damned so they if didn't you actually do. miss out damned if you don't because you know if people who don't go then demand a refund that's technically you know why well, you didn't have to sit through the <laughs> the horrible conditions because exactly. you were nice and warm and dry at home um but if they mm -hmm. don't refund anybody then that then that's not fair on on you know the fans that actually were there so yeah it's it's I don't think either of us are you know in the position to to say what's like what they should do I, I, I'm sure there's like more than enough people working in you know finance within Formula One that are rapidly trying to come up with with some Racking sort of their brains right now yeah trying to you know come up with a solution but yeah it definitely shouldn't come from the track or the promoters in Belgium um 
it's you know not their fault they did everything that they could have done I think it now is in the hands of of F1 and you know Liberty Media and everyone so yeah Devon's already said it but I think it is really important to touch on the fact that as fans of the sport we would be absolutely devastated if we were there we're just taking a step back from the like fan perspective and looking at it from a more like almost technical and logical perspective because they're not made of money and that's just what we're looking at the actual financial side of it and the benefits and the withdrawals from that and realistically it would be really 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 detrimental to promoters if they had to issue everyone full refunds it just they would completely go under because Damon Hill said in his interview that apparently it'd be worth about 15 million euros which is a lot of money money. yeah for one race I don't know about you but I don't have that in my back pocket no no but that kind of puts into perspective the sort of money that Formula One makes if that's just like the costs of one One race is a bit scary um Mm -hmm. but yeah that's a that's a mammoth task for somebody else who's who's not either of us so who's qualified and knows what details you know please don't take anything we say as like the absolute (laughs) truth or anything you know it's just a yeah it's just an opinion just a a couple of fans trying to say what they think you know (laughs) right to sum this up because there really isn't much to talk about so I'm sorry this this episode is so short but Devon who was your driver of the day who was your driver of the day? It can be meme related or it can be performance related. I'm going to say one of each. Okay. George Russell obviously is the driver of the weekend. Hats off to him. Um, meme. I'm going to say Carlos Sainz under the umbrella. It's just, it's just perfect. Good choice. Good yeah. choice. For my driver of the weekend in terms of performance, I'm going to have to go with Daniel Ricciardo. I know his performance was a little bit iffy throughout, but he had his best qualifying. And we all know this has been his downfall. This has been where he's been struggling. And his 200th Grand Prix, it's so nice to see him so high up. In terms of memes, I can't can't then go say the Daniel Ricciardo one, can I? So I'm going to have to switch (laughs) things up a bit. I'm going to go with, it wasn't included in our pyramid today, but it's the one of Toto Wolf with his hood up on the phone. Cause I just think he oh. looks, it's like we had that whole Darth Vader joke, but now he really looks like Darth yeah. Vader's like made a return and everything. And the weather just really fits the look. So I'll have to go with Toto Vader as we like to call Toto him. Vader. That's, got a, that's got a good ring to it. <laughs> yeah. I'll make that into a sticker guys. <laughs> Check my red bubble. <laughs> right. That is the podcast episode sorry that it's not very long but obviously we did not have much to work with this week but we thought we'd still touch on it because there were some talking points to discuss we hope you enjoyed it and we hope that zamvort will bring something more please zamvort please fingers crossed fingers crossed thank you all for tuning in make sure you follow at sector on podcast on absolutely everything goodbye bye